Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, so we know Clarissa Shields as a two-time Olympic gold medalist, multi-division world champion boxer. She's actually the only boxer, male or female, to be undisputed world champion in two weight classes. On Wednesday, she attempts another milestone in her career in just her second MMA fight. She fights for the 2021 Professional Fighters League World Championship. That's live on ESPN2, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. Clarissa fights Abigail Montessori for the lightweight title. Clarissa joins me on the show. So going into the second pro fight, how different does it feel than the first one? You know, it feels like now that I know better, I'm really um, excited to do better. I feel like my first fight, you know, I went in there off of six months of training. You know, I did as much as I could on a ground game. I tried to understand it. And I was able to come out on top with third round KO, but I faced a lot of adversity in that, uh, in that first fight. Going back to the gym felt so much more comfortable though, because now I'm more urgent, you know, when people going for takedowns and I won't let my emotions and let my uh, nervous energy get in the way. And I feel like that kind of got in the way of my MMA debut because that's what kind of stopped me from punching because I was too busy looking and trying to see, oh, she going for takedown? Is she trying to kick? But it, um, but it stopped me from punching. But now as I got more comfortable and I've learned more. I don't think I'm going to be nervous this fight, and I'm going to let my hands go early. So, you know, you, you trained hard for that first fight, but when, when you finish that fight, like, what do you take away from that as far as getting back in the gym and the things you have to work on before your second one? Oh, I just took away working on everything. I mean, yes, I watched the film, and I wanted to look at what was the biggest problems in the fight, and the biggest problem in the fight was that she kept great minding me, and I couldn't get up, but... We never worked on that move in camp. 
So it was it wasn't only that, but also too is like, you know, getting your back on the cage and getting up. But what about if your head gets stuck at, on the bottom of the cage to where it's hard to get on your back? It is it's it's so many things that look simple, but it got little details that can help you uh, get to where you want to get to. So we looked at the fight, and I just um, told coach every problem that I had and every problem that I felt and where I was confused at and we worked on those things first before we even moved forward for this camp so we didn't just say oh we won forget that fight we went back we looked at it we had dissected it we uh we we worked on it we we fixed that and then we added the new stuff getting ready for this fight uh just in case uh if that girl has the same game plan that the girl before had it'd be a failed game plan because we fixed everything so what does your training look like these days? Because while you're training for this MMA fight on Wednesday, you're also setting up your boxing matches. We're going to get into you and Savannah Marshall a little bit later, but are you just kind of putting boxing on a shelf until you get through these MMA fights, or are you doing different boxing trainings while you're preparing for this? I like to focus on one sport at a time. So I spend all my weeks focusing on MMA, but MMA focuses on boxing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of the mixed martial arts. So unlike in boxing camp, I won't do any MMA, but in MMA camp, I'm always training boxing because I'm always working on my striking, um, you know, add, and, and just adding more to my striking with the kicks and the takedowns and the defensive drills, all off punches and stuff like that. So um, I, just, I just work on one at a time, but training is – it really depends on the day. Like Monday was like we start off strong and I beat my body down until we get to Friday. So Monday can consist of five trainings and I'm on my back every day. I'm wrestling, doing jujitsu every day. Um, on top of pads and on top of just um technical drills for the fight. So it's it's a lot to do. And then on Tuesdays, Tuesdays. Thursdays and Saturdays like cardio days to where I'm like up early in the morning. I'm running miles. I'm doing strength and conditioning. I'm strengthening parts of my body that need to be strengthened to be stronger and better in MMA. You know, stuff that I didn't have to use in boxing. A few little muscles I had to use. Does you, You've accomplished a lot as a professional boxer, but does this kind of back and forth you've got going on right now with Savannah Marshall, does that get you going a little bit because I mean we had our uh we went back and forth a little bit on social media where I, I'm I'm very excited about you against Savannah Marshall. It's probably the most excited I've, I've been to see you in a boxing ring as a professional because it feels like there's some some fire there based on your personal history and kind of some of the things that she's been saying over the last couple of months. Yeah, so what you asked me, am I excited about me and her fighting or what yeah, like does does it get you does it get you going a little bit to have this kind of opponent out there that I think there's going to be a lot a lot of mainstream interest in. Listen, I am um, I'm happy for Savannah Marshall, you know that she's finally a champion and everything like that, but it's the it doesn't get me going because I've accomplished everything that she couldn't. You know, people say stuff like, "Oh, she beat you when you were 17." It was like, "Yeah, but do you know that 3 months after that I won the Olympics?" And she didn't medal. Do you know I won the world championships twice, 2014 and 2016 gold medal. She was there. She didn't medal. She didn't medal. And then we go to the Olympics again, and I win gold again. She didn't medal. So it's like from the time I was 17, I got better. I got better. I got better. And Savannah Marshall declined, declined, declined. And now she's back on her upward again. And 
you know, just some, she, she just lied too much. So it's like, yeah, I want to fight her and beat her up and, and, you know, get the blemish off my amateur record. But for people to say that she's a knockout artist and that the fight's going to be hard for me, I'm sorry. It's not going to be, it's not going to be hard. Like they were saying, you know, um, Christina Hammer is going to, you know, she was going to be hard like that. And uh, to me, Christina Hammer is a better fighter than Savannah Marshall. So I'll let the fans and, and you know, let the media build Savannah Marshall to be this knockout artist. And she's so tough and rough. And we got a past in history and she's a knockout artist. Fine. But if that's the girl who they're banking on to beat me in boxing, they're mistaken. <laughs> That's, all. <laughs> That's all. So you don't think? I mean, again, it, who knows about the opponent she's faced? But eleven wins, nine knockouts—that's pretty impressive for uh, for for women's boxing. And my record would be the same too. They put those opponents in front of me. I mean, <laughs> the last girl she fought, Musea. She came up in weight. They didn't announce the girls to about two weeks before the fight. The girl was undefeated. Her first undefeated fighter she's fought against. And she got out there and lost the first round. Only reason the girl got knocked out is because she gassed out, which I don't know what kind of fighter gasses out in the second round. Goodness gracious. But congrats to her for taking advantage of being able to see that and, you know, knocking her out. But I'm going to be Musea. How Musea was in the first round, that's me times 100 for 10 rounds. And if she can last 10 rounds, like people say that I don't, I don't have power. That's not true. I've fought against some very, very tough girls who are champions who've been on a block plenty of times. And when you fight against those type of girls, those girls don't, they don't get knocked out. They got tough chins and they're, and they really feel like them beating was going to change their life, you know? And it's like, with Savannah, these girls just been getting in there just to get a check, you know? And, no, that's just that. That's just not gonna happen with me. I think I got way too. I got way too much skill for Savannah Marshall. But it. But but if she want to stand there and she want to bang with me, I I'm gonna show them that. Listen, she gonna be backing up the whole fight. She gonna get on her wheels and box, like how they used to do in 2012 when it was a point system. But if they think she gonna back me up and, you know, hit me with uppercuts and all that kind of stuff, I'm sorry, she's not the one to do that. So when she says Clarissa won't last two minutes, much less two rounds, you obviously <laughs> feel different. <laughs> I just thought it was the funniest thing ever when she said that. I just was like, oh, God, this girl just say any fucking thing. But it's just like she said, you know, that I, I mean, she constantly tells lies. You know, she said in, um, she said that when I signed my PFL deal to fight MMA, oh, Clarissa Shields is running away from me, and she switched to a whole nother sport, and it was like, I'm still champion. I fought for the 154 undisputed title back in March. I did MMA in June, MMA again in October. Now I'm doing boxing in December. When did I retire and run away from Marshall? Because I went to MMA. And then she makes it seem like she's been calling me out, and I've been ducked dodging her and ducking her we me and my me and my team sent her a contract to fight at 168 pounds so both wbc and ibf belts when i was at 168 her 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 team and peter fury you know turned it down why you you're going to be able to you can beat me and i'm so easy to beat why not take the fight and become super middleweight champion 
So that's what I'm saying. Like, she just talking. Look, I'm happy she got her confidence. Because I'm going to take all that confidence away from her and all her fans. And that's just going to be it. I don't know what I'm going to do after. After I beat her, then where do I go? It, it does. I mean, I think you against Savannah Marshall is the biggest fight in women's boxing. I think it's bigger than Amanda Serrano against Katie Taylor. I think th- that's how significant I think that fight is. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's America versus the UK. And we love seeing matches mm-hmm. like that. We just had Tyson Fury and Wilder 3. Uh, beautiful three, you know, matchups. And I think that um, we have large fan bases or whatever, especially I do. Um, Look, that's why I signed with Boxer, so we can get the fight made. You know what I'm saying? And because uh, it wasn't moving fast enough with Eddie Hearn. You know, Eddie Hearn sent over a few offers and the money was going up, up, and up, but he never hit the number that I asked for. And then before I know it, uh, he's, you know, he's emailing my manager saying, hey, I still want to get Clarissa on the zone. And even if she's not fighting Marshall, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you dare take Marshall off the table. Like, what happened? And all of a sudden, we saw that Marshall signed with Boxer. So she's not with the zone. And she's not with Eddie Hearn. So we're like, if we were that close, you know, to getting a deal almost done, and Eddie was and Eddie was also lying too, saying he offered me the money I asked for, negative. Um, mm-hmm. But it just was like, everybody was trying to make it seem like I was afraid of her. And I'm like, I don't spoke, I don't spoke with Eddie Hearn about this. Um, and we were going back and forth, but he's emailing my manager. Then all of a sudden, Marshall leaves and decides she doesn't want to work with Eddie Hearn. And now she's with Sky Sports and Boxer. So Sky, Sky Sports and Boxer reached out to my team. And now we're like, okay, forget you, Eddie Hearn, because he still wanted us to fight for the zone. We're like, look, if Savannah Marshall not on the table, we don't want the deal. And that was it. So for people to say that I'm scared of, you know, Marshall, it's, it, it just beyond me. Like, I'm a 12-time world champ. This girl got one belt. And the only reason she's WBO champ at 160 is because I had to vacate that belt to fight for the undisputed championship at 154. So, mm-hmm. look, she's a knockout artist. She hit way, she hit way too hard. For me. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. Make that <laughs> the headline. She's a knockout artist. She hit way too hard for me. Um, I'm scared of her. But I'm going to get in there. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, you have the greatest resume of any women's boxer ever. The two Olympic gold medals, all the accomplishments as a pro. But over the years, how much has that one Savannah Marshall-sized blemish bothered you? You know what? I will, I will say this. From the time I was 17 till 21, I have a documentary out called T-Rex. And every time I watch the documentary, because my family had put it on and my nephews had put it on, like, T-T, you on TV? And every time that part came up from the time when it, when it actually showed me losing, every time that fight came up uh, in the film, I would have to get up because I would start crying. And uh, and I did that for four years. So from the time, 17, uh, I lost. And then I won the Olympics after being an Olympic champion for the next four years, every time I seen that footage, I still got teary-eyed. I still cry. I still had to get up and go do something on that part of the movie. But after I won the Olympics in 2016 and she didn't medal again, and then I accomplished so much to the pros, I didn't, I don't cry over it no more, you know, but it still angers me that 
she feels that she's better than me. And it's like, how? You know what I mean? Like, is, is we really basing this off of something that happened when I was a teenager? Like, I'm 26 turning 27 next year. And it's like, she 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 living off my name, living off that one win. Because if, honestly, if Savannah Marshall didn't have that win over me back when I was 17 years old, and she had the same record now, same belt now, nobody would know who she is. Nobody would care. They they The only reason why everybody care is because it's me in a blemish happened when I was 17. That's the only reason it happened. But if she hadn't beat me when I was 17, no one would know of her right now. So every time I do something bigger, every time I get better, every time I win a world championship, it's like her name is attached to it because that's how she's building her story, you know? Which is smart, but it, but it's disrespectful though. It's smart, mm. it's disrespectful. Uh, before I let you go, you don't have to choose between MMA and boxing, fortunately. You can fight in the PFL on Wednesday. You can go in, back into boxing in December and beyond. But in your mind, if you had to choose right now one or the other, what would you choose? If I had to choose which one I wanted to do permanently, just one? Yeah. Um, man. Maybe that's why I, maybe that's why I haven't chose, because <laughs> it's, it's hard. Maybe that's why I'm doing both. <laughs> I know that um, I have a, I have it mapped out, you know, just my years or whatever, because I want to retire at 34, 35. And I have it mapped out, and this year has been exactly how it's supposed to go so far. I fight Wednesday, and then I fight December. And after I beat Marshall next year, um, I think I'm going to take a break from boxing and uh, just really focus on MMA because – I want to get ready for the PFL tournament in 2023 where I'll have an opportunity to make $1 million, you know, and I haven't been um, offered that opportunity in boxing despite all my accomplishments and Olympic gold medals and main events. The most I've been paid is 350 K, which people say, Oh, that's a lot of money, but it's like, mm, yeah, compared to, 30, to 36.5 million with Canelo. And then I get 350 K. Yeah. It's a lot, whatever. But, um, I just feel like in MMA, I can make, if I was to win that PFL tournament in 2023, that I could easily make that 1 million turn into 10 million, just off of like exposure and branding and marketing and all the opportunities it brings. It's like boxing don't, it don't bring me those kind of opportunities, sadly. And if it did, maybe I wouldn't be doing MMA because I love boxing. But it's still too like, I want to make sure that when I'm done, fighting and I'm done competing there, I can say my Olympic gold medals, all my hard work, all my training, all my championship paid off, you know, because even though I had to add MMA to it, it's still just like at least boxing got me to where I am, a certain spot, and maybe MMA takes me over, you know, but mm -hmm. that's just what I, well, mm -hmm. that's what I know will, will, will happen. And boxing don't give you those opportunities. Well, not to win anyway. Well, Clarissa, it's always uh, good to talk to you. I'm I'm shocked to have heard that you're scared of Savannah Marshall. Yeah. I'll be sure to uh, put that put that front and center. Terrified of her power, specifically her power. That's what we're we're focused on here. But uh, looking forward to seeing you back in MMA on Wednesday and back in the boxing ring in December and beyond. Thank you, thank you for joining me. UK, what up? I know y'all missed me over there. <laughs>
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.